Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Joining us today is Captain Pete Alex from Vision Quest Sport Fishing in Erie, Pennsylvania. Pete, thanks for joining the show. Hi, Chris. Thank you. Pete, to today... Yeah, today I wanted to talk to you about a day on the water on the Vision Quest. And for purposes of this conversation, we're going to talk about Lake Ontario. I know you've got uh, three different boats on all, uh, you know, you got them on Erie, you got them on, on Ontario. But let's talk Lake Ontario. You run full day charters there. What does the start of your day look like? Well, start of my day is for me is getting up uh, probably a, about at least an hour before my crew arrives. I'm going to fire up some coffee. Start thinking about the weather. Check the check the uh, usually I'll check the weather forecast. I might check the buoys. I'm gonna check maybe a surface satellite, uh, depending on the time of year. Try and gather as much information via my computer, laptop, before I actually head down to the boat, and um, that will help actually form my day or my plan for that day. And then head down to the boat and start preparing for uh, whatever the program might be whether it's you know salmon or steelhead or combo or meat fishing and meet my mate down there and get her going yeah can you talk a little bit about that pete about building that game plan how do you build that game plan based on that information that you were just telling me and what goes into what are the factors that that you're thinking about when you're deciding what you're going to do for the day i guess the factors uh first of all uh, i'm gonna I would like to know what I'm, my target species is going to be, you know, if we're going to be chasing for uh, any salmon and trout or we're just going after kings. So knowing what the, we'll say, uh, target species is, is, is going to help formulate uh, my game plan and uh, the, the lures or tactics that I'm going to offer for that to start my day. You're obviously not fishing today. You're talking to me. But based on kind of what, what you know, you know, what does that typical game plan look like if you were going to go fishing today or tomorrow or something like that? Uh, I guess typical game plan is, uh, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check the elements and then um, I'm going to have all my, my lures, uh, whether they're flashers or spoons or my meat rigs. I'm going to have them all locked and loaded uh, before I head out down the dock. Typically for me, I'm going to start out my day with a lot of high-vis colors. I like a lot of the glows or a white or white back presentations to start the day, um, especially if it's, you know, the mornings are still dark, like now they're starting to be a little darker. So we're gonna, we're gonna approach with a more of a high-vis program with uh, the presentations being tighter to the boat, tighter to the noise, because I think the, the boats and the divers and everything starts to, the, those things attract fish into the spread first part of the day. You know, those fish are waking up, they're hungry, and if they can't find uh, what you have to offer, they're not going to bite it. So we try and uh, have that mindset where, where we're trying to draw fish into our set or programs that first hour or two of the day. What does that set look like? You talked about the colors, but uh, how are you getting your rods out there and what's on them? Uh, we're going to usually start Lake Ontario. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dump my uh, fish hawk probe which is typically on my center rigger that is usually the first rod to hit hit pay dirt i'm going to go and see what the temps are and at least establish a target zone for my presentations so uh fish hot goes down first 
And then uh, my mate usually starts working on my divers. Um, you know, we have autopilot on the boat, so we engage auto. Mate starts the divers. I run the center rigger down, establish that zone with the fish hawk. Then I move on to my out and down riggers, which typically they'll have spoons on them a lot of the time. And then we'll start dropping that stuff down to where the temp is or in that game, game plan where that temp's going to be a range uh, for the fish. And we build that program from there. So we get all our boat rods in first. You know, the divers and riggers are what I call boat rods because, again, they're closest to the boat. They're fastest to get out. And we, got, we catch fish really quick in the morning uh, with boat rods. So once we've got our divers, which typically would be four, um, typically four divers, three riggers, once those are deployed, you know, we will then start to deploy long lines if we're not getting bit. If we're getting bit pretty quick, we keep the long lines on deck because they're just going to get in the way. If, if bite slows or say we haven't had any bites, you know, we're saying the temp is going to be around the 80 foot or 70 foot. We're going to start grabbing maybe a 300 or 400 copper or, or weighted steel and uh, start deploying from there. So we'll start engaging a long line plan then next. If things aren't happening uh, the way that you like them to, how, how many rods do you guys have out, you know, when you kind of are maxed out? About 12. If we have to use more than 12 rods, it's going to be a tough day or, or it is a tough day. So typically we'll, we'll do 12 rods. If, there, if the rods aren't moving, um, you know, right away, and then we, we go, we've got all 12 out, we have not had a bite. Um, um, Pete's going to start looking for, uh, uh, like, maybe what happened. I'm going to start moving in or moving out. I'm going to change directions and uh, I'm going to start looking for a different target depth. All right. Now this is where I want to know what all your secrets are. If I told you that you could only fish with two, <laughs> if I told you you could only fish with two rods when you left the dock, I'm only giving you two rods. How would you set those two rods up? All right. Uh, rod number one is going to be my center rigger because that's going to have my probe. So I'm going to use one downrigger to leave my center. Um, I like it. catches a lot of fish for me. So I'm going to use that because I'm going to put a fish hawk on it that's going to give me my speed and my temp. Uh, so I'll be able to monitor the whole thing, the whole program with that one rod. So that's a definite. The second rod is probably going to be uh, a, dipsy, a wire dipsy diver. Next. Those are the two rods I'd pick. What are you going to have tied off to those? If I'm fishing uh, top, say, top 60 feet for uh, fish, you know, because water's cold or cool, and I'm, I'm really throwing everything in that top 60, I'm going to be running spoons. I'm going to be running spoons. If it's deep, deeper than 60, um, probably going to have flashers or flasher flies, flasher meat on both those. You talked a little bit about it earlier, you know, you're kind of set up, you're, you're going out, you're going to do some fishing and, and you had talked about kind of how, as things progress and it gets lighter, most of your charters are eight hour charters. As the day goes on, what kind of changes are typically made and, and why? Okay, well, once we've got what I call the morning program uh, deployed, uh, slowly but surely, unless they, everything keeps getting bit, or it's maybe a dark overcast day, uh, we start uh, selectively changing the morning program out, okay? And as we gain information from the morning, say our deep stuff's getting bit more, or, um, you know, the other guys that I've been talking to are getting 
fit deeper or with different presentations. You know, after that morning period, we're going to start uh, going to a maybe an overcast or a sunny presentation. I'm also going to take some information from the from the other guys that are on the water, uh, interject some of that stuff into my program. Typically, we're making moves. We're changing diver colors. We're changing flasher colors and uh, spoon colors. I have a feeling what your answer is going to be to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. What do you feel is the most important tool in your success on the water? My sunglasses. Tell me about them. Did you guess that one? Did you guess that one? That was not what I thought you were going to say based on what, how you answered the question I asked you two questions ago. But, hey, that's great. That's what I want to know. So tell me, tell me about your sunglasses yeah. and why you think they're as important as, as they are. I threw you a curveball, Chris. It's, it's probably – it's my fish hawk. So you probably guessed it. Okay, why? Um, that's uh, – you know, that's a great question. And the most, most things come down to the two – there's two answers for most guys. They'll either say, well, my fish finder, because that obviously gives you a lot of information. Secondly is uh, the fish hawk, because that gives you a lot of good information. And um, we had this question posed last year at the big – or, yes, past January at the Salmon School, and there's myself and a couple other, you know, really good, experienced guys. And all three of us said uh, – one piece of equipment was forgotten or broke. We hope it's not the fish hawk because we would like to have that fish hawk in the water um, for the information it, it gives us. All right. So that's number one. And again, I, that was my guess. Tell me about number two. What's the number two tool? Fish finder. Gonna, and how do you, how do you use, use that and kind of what are you using there? I have a, a colored uh, Furuno unit. It's a split screen, uh, 50 slash 200 kilohertz unit. Love it. Got them on all three boats. And how I use it, uh, it tells me a lot. It tells me surface temperature also, as well as the fish hawk does. But it gives me surf temp. Um, it allows me to scan water. You know, as I'm heading out, I'm able to uh, adjust my gain and keep it to where my screen's not getting blown out. And uh, we'll scan water. So we don't run over bait or we don't run over fish. So it allows me to uh, see what's underneath me. Um, and as, uh, as I start fishing, you know, it keeps me tuned in to what's below my boat. I'm able to see my downriggers, I'm able to see bait, I'm able to see targets. So uh, it's providing that feedback as we fish. Or it's telling me to get the heck out of there. You haven't marked the fish for four hours. You know, scoot, you gotta go. Start looking elsewhere. I wonder why I'm not getting bit. <laughs> one of the cool things that you do and i think we've we've had a conversation about this before and i see it on your website um that you take a lot of guys out that own their own boats that are trying to do what you're doing and uh you'll take them out and, and allow them to kind of participate with you and, and learn the things that you know and, and it's kind of an educational type charter when you're doing that what are some things that that you often see that guys could tighten up in their game what's kind of some of the common things that you see that are mistakes that are made by by anglers who are trying to get out on the water on their own they don't pay attention to details uh they don't pay attention to changes uh they don't they're not looking at say surface temperature they're not looking at the color of the water they're not looking at their fish finders sometimes 
those are all clues that I think a lot of guys jump in the boat. They take it out at a 40 degree heading or whatever, you know, at the 200 feet of water and they don't pay any attention between the time they leave the dock and the time they hit 200 foot of water to notice if anything has changed. So that's a very common one. So what are the details that you're looking for when you're doing that? So you're headed out. What are you looking for that, that uh, helps you be, become more successful and those types of details? Well, I mentioned a couple of them. You know, we're looking at surface temperature is one thing. We're looking at our fish finders, and we're going to have our fish finder adjusted so that we're able to mark schools of bait or individual fish as we motor out. Um, we're going to look at the color of the water. We're going to know what happened the day or two days before with regard to wind direction, how much wind occurred. You know, is the lake all beat up? It blow out of the northeast, you know, for 24 hours, which, you know, sometimes really causes havoc and flips water around on us. Uh, so knowing what might have happened or is happening at that time, weather-wise or wind-wise or wave-wise, um, helps put together uh, those things I mentioned, like looking at the color of the water, looking at the temperature of the water to know that something's right changed. Well, I wanted to talk to you today about a day on the Vision Quest. So our day is wrapping up. We're, we're ready to buckle up. And what does the end of day procedure look like for you and for the VQ? End of day, huh? End of day. You're coming into port. Well, What's next? Well, we're going we're gonna, to uh, – I used to give everybody a heads up, you know, if we haven't caught a limit of fish. And say we got a little more time left. I'm usually giving the guys a heads up. Um, I'm going to tell them, you know, we got we got 20 minutes left before we start pulling rods. So if you guys got any fish dances or anything else that you guys want to do, now's the time to do that. And uh, you know, we start uh, usually when I've got a little time left, I start uh, throwing curveballs at the fish. I might drop half my spread ultra deep. I start changing up, especially if I have, have not had a bite lately. Um, we, we pull things in closer, drop things deeper. And then, uh, uh, when it's time to really start pulling rods, we pull the least productive rods for the day first, get those the heck out of the water because they haven't done very good for us. We want our money rods, uh, kept in water to the bitter end. And we just, we just talk about, talk to the guys and get them involved. We usually have the guys pull some of the rods for us, um, pull the boards in and uh, talk about our day, maybe take some pictures on the back of the boat, because usually uh, on the water boat picks, a fish are nicer than at the dock. And, uh, you know, we usually celebrate our day if we had a great day and head on in. What's the most rewarding part of it for you? I'd say seeing a lot of big smiles on people's face or having those guys really feel good about a particular fish that they caught or a box of fish that they caught and the excitement you know especially first time guys really cool to see these guys elated with their catch and proud of their catch and sending pictures to their buddies and um you know it makes my day is there something you wanted to talk about that i didn't ask you about today no no really uh, i guess i just mentioned i've been doing this for you know like 30 or 31 years now and uh, i still i still really enjoy it um you know, I don't try and fish every single day because I think it becomes more of a job, but I do fish quite a bit. And I still enjoy meeting a lot of new people. I still get excited to get up in the morning to do this. And uh, hopefully that continues another 15 years for me.
people want to get in touch with you and spend a day on the Vision Quest, how do they do it? They could uh, contact me through Facebook. They can contact me through my website, um, or they can, yeah, my website contains my cell phone and my email information. It's at www.visionquestfishing.com, or just Google Vision Quest Sport Fishing. Perfect. Thanks very much, Pete. Uh, Appreciate it, and good luck the rest of your season. Thanks, Chris. Always good talking to you. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.